0: Hi everybody and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today I'm going to talk about what happens when you no longer feel like you are compatible with your spouse and you kind of blame them for a lot of problems and you haven't really reckoned with perhaps why you chose your spouse and it can be a big wake-up call it can also uh, help promote more empathy and understanding as well as overall less animosity and resentment when you reckon with why you may have chosen your partner which in this case is because you used to think less well of yourself and you used to have lower self-esteem and before we dive into that topic uh, please subscribe because then you can get access to all my paid episodes I'm going to have one coming up next again soon I do one about every five episodes so uh, and if you are a subscriber please do write in to tell me what you think I should talk about because I always have my ideas but I'm certainly open to feedback and I respond very quickly when somebody gives me a topic that I like which is frequently honestly I'm not really that picky (laughs) um so so let's dive into this topic and so people come to me for in couples counseling and they will say that they're very disappointed in the way that their marriage is going and they're unhappy with their spouse and they have like all of these different things that their spouse does that they don't like and and all of this and they feel like they're acting a lot better really than their spouse is that you know maybe they understand that I have to think that they're not 50 percent of the problem but you know they they really think that they are not, and in fact, the partner is more like 75% of the problem, and then there's like 25% that they're frustrated because their partner sucks so much, um, and that's really never the case. Like It's usually 50-50. Um, and how? Because people have what we call interlocking pathologies, meaning that you exacerbate each other's bad sides and you pick each other uh, frequently for subconscious reasons that I have delineated in multiple episodes, including the one immediately before this one, um, about why people pick people that, that make them like, confirm how they already think about the world. If you have a negative worldview, this means you're going to pick somebody that makes you unhappy. So you should listen to that one first before this one for other context. But in this case, it's like a specific thing. So like for example, there will be like a guy who's really into fitness and he doesn't like that his wife isn't into fitness. And uh, guess what? His wife never used to be into fitness. (laughs) And uh, she used to be thinner because she used to be younger. And it wasn't that hard to be thinner before she had kids and before she sat around all day teleworking and snacking. And uh, this guy, now he, he really was never going for like a woman who was super fit. So even like, let's say he used to be a college athlete or something, right? And so he always valued fitness, but his wife never really did. And, and he now is saying uh, that, that it, it kind of bothered him all, all along. Maybe, but you know what's more likely? What's more likely frequently in these situations is that the guy didn't have, when he was younger, the self-esteem that he has now. He was happy to get this woman <laughs> that didn't ever exercise. He thought she was pretty hot, you know, and he was real glad that she liked him. And most girls that he met really didn't like him that much because he really didn't have a shit together and he wasn't confident and he wasn't outgoing and he wasn't any of the things that now later in his life he has become. And so now his standards for his wife have changed a lot, although uh, she really hasn't because she's the same person. And quite honestly, had she been some fitness freak and like the hottest woman in the room, he wouldn't have gone for her. He would have been terribly intimidated, most likely. Now, uh, I said in my description, I promised that I would talk about how this relates to men who want more sex and women who want more emotion. Well, let's think about it. So let's say that you're a man and your wife doesn't have enough sex with you and she's really not very sexual and, and she's not really into being, you know, exploratory and adventurous and what have you. Now, let's say, as many of my clients are, you're also a man who um, had pretty low self-esteem throughout his early life and didn't really see a great marriage growing up, didn't really uh, know how to deal with women necessarily, never really learned that at home, uh, and really didn't think too highly of himself. So if you are that guy and you were also, with guys, always this goes along with low sexual self-confidence. So frequently what that means is you are terrified of women who seem to have sexual experience because the last thing that you want when you're thinking about world's most humiliating outcome ever would be for you to start hooking up with a woman and she somehow, and this is how young men think, she knows that you have no experience and then this is like so humiliating and there's so many guys who lie about having more experience than they have and not that the woman knows or could tell either way by the way but You know, there's no real difference between a guy who slept with one woman. Sometimes a guy who slept with zero women, one woman or 10 women, because the guy who slept with 10 women, if he's in his early 20s, if those were all like around one night stands, he didn't learn shit from doing that. You know, so so kind of it doesn't really matter. But in the guy's mind, he thinks it's like super important and it would be so humiliating if like an experienced girl uh, realized that he was inexperienced. So then the best case is to get a woman with less experience and subconsciously you understand that this is a woman who is not very sexual so a lot of guys who right now in midlife are like yearning for a wife who is more sexy more sexual more out there and exploring and adventurous this woman would have intimidated the shit out of them when they were a younger man so they were specifically attuned to women who seemed more shy and more um You know, and less intimidating, and who had less experience, and who talked less about sex, and who let them initiate because otherwise it would have been very scary, and they would have felt that they would humiliate themselves in some regard. So, realizing that you may have actually subconsciously chosen a woman who would not in any way intimidate you or scare you in the bedroom and could make you feel like you are the master of the universe or at least the one who knows more about sex in some way. It can really make you think differently about your wife. She didn't do any bait and switch. She was really always kind of shy and awkward around sex probably. And you've changed a lot and then somehow expected that because you've changed and you've learned more about yourself and you get better feedback from women out in the world because you're older and more confident and what have you, that somehow she should come along and, and now be different. But why? That's not really a very fair expectation similarly, there's many women that are very upset by their husband's level of uh, emotional avoidance and like kind of inability to express himself and not being very uh, romantic, charming, um, etc. But a lot of these women have very low self-esteem themselves when they were picking a mate. And they did not want Mr. Charming. They did not necessarily want a man that other women were constantly fighting for him. They wanted kind of a nice, safe, stable guy that did not have a million ex-girlfriends running around trying to get him back, that wasn't very good at expressing his emotions or at being romantic, because this was kind of safe. This was a guy where they could be like the the main... If on, possibly only girlfriend this person had had and that was for somebody with low self-esteem that's kind of a good deal. Now nobody thinks about these things openly but as you go back and you think like who are the guys that I was um, attracted to or that I, I felt good about versus people that made me feel a little bit anxious or scared. If you don't have high self-esteem and you really want to get married and have a family you're not going to go for some guy that's like very good with women or even very complimentary or or really Anybody that seems kind of charming at all, you're gonna kind of lock down the first safe, stable guy that seems like he's gonna be faithful, and that isn't again like an articulated desire, but it's something that's done subconsciously as like a safety sort of protective mechanism. And this is especially true if the woman thinks, or if she's had exposure in the home to like um, a father who was unfaithful or a father who didn't, uh, who who wasn't to be counted on you know because then she has low self-esteem herself and she feels that kind of marriage is a crapshoot and she wants to be with a guy who's pretty safe and stable and isn't gonna leave and so the most romantic charming man in the world who's super attuned to his emotions and you know knows how to give her compliments and knows how to make her feel good he knows how to do that with other women too and that may subconsciously make you feel very anxious when you're thinking about the odds that this person is going to remain faithful So this is an interesting way to conceptualize your complaints about your significant other. Was your significant other ever the person that you now say that you want? They may not be. Now, does this mean that if you truly have grown away from your partner and you have worked on your self-esteem a great deal and your partner is the same person as they were 20 years ago, does this mean that you have to remain married to them if you have an epiphany that, yes, in fact, there were many reasons that you chose them? Does this mean that you are morally then obliged to remain miserable with them forever? I mean, obviously, from the way that I am using hyperbole here, you already know the answer is no, but... you got to do some deep reflection, right? So if you have thought, if if a large part of why you've wanted to leave your spouse has been this kind of uh, anger that they like refuse to evolve or they refuse to just somehow be different or open their mind up to changing or whatever, you got to maybe reframe that to think about how fair is it that you say that this person can change. This person does not owe you anything to change, right? Like they are who they are. Of course, people should try to change and grow. Yeah. But like the things that people come in wanting a partner to change into, like that's like impossible a lot of the time. You're not going to get a guy who's somewhere on the Asperger's spectrum to be Mr. Charming and Romantic. It's just not going to happen. Right. And, um, You know, you're not going to get a guy who is like a total selfish douchebag, you know, that like a woman may have thought that that was all that she deserved was a guy who kind of treated her like shit. You're not going to necessarily get that guy to turn into a selfless monk, you know, who's like always thinking about you first. It's not going to happen. Uh, similarly a man who was very comfortable in early stages with a woman who's very demure and self effacing and not and kind of awkward around sex because it made him feel like a big man when he had no other experience that guy is not really within his rights to ask for that woman to change now again, this doesn't mean you need to stay with this person. In fact, you could, there are many people that divorce because they just grow away from each other, but you're gonna have a hell of a lot better divorce, a much more amicable um, divorce that's better for the children and for both of you if you understand that you are the one who changed. You are the one who developed a different way of viewing the world, higher self-esteem, and you are now the one who has other needs. And that at first, you may in fact subconsciously have picked your partner to be exactly who they were and you would likely not have been very comfortable with somebody who was extremely uh, different in the way that you want them to be now so um, like guys who complain about that women only want them for their money at first when they didn't have a lot of self-esteem being a very young guy they may have led with that as their calling card they may have been taking women out on expensive dates and talking about their salary pretty much because that was all they thought that they had to offer so then if such a man ends up with a woman who's then a stay-at-home parent and then and she likes uh you know very expensive material possessions deciding that like she should evolve into something else but she was never anything else and in fact you may have picked her because you were looking for a woman you could impress with the limited uh, repertoire of impressive feats that you had one of which was having a salary because you didn't really think that highly of yourself now how do people grow by the way you might be asking how do people establish more you know grow more self-esteem in these ways that I'm alluding to well there Can really help. Even just age, getting further along in your career, uh, having some boundaries and understanding that parents in your dysfunctional family of origin uh, need to have some boundaries set up and not really um, just basically getting out of your dysfunctional family can help create self esteem in a lot of people and parenthood, particularly if that's something that you always wanted and you're good at it. There is a lot of women who are just so anxious to find somebody to make a baby with it's evolutionary and then once they did and they have children then they could kindly like phew like all right <laughs> I have children and then they could finally work on themselves in in a more uh, real and deep sense the biological clock is real and I see it in a, in a lot of women. Um, You know, really stopping them from deep self introspection and kind of even awareness of the red flags in relationships that they're in in their 20s because they want so badly to have kids that they put their head in the sand about any red flags. And also uh, increasing like uh, life experiences. So, for example, if a man, you know, didn't think that he was very attractive and able to get a lot of partners when he was young in his 20s. Maybe he wasn't. And then now, let's say he's in his 30s or his 40s and he goes out in the world, he's married. Well, now he has a good job and he has confidence and he, you know, has attained a certain level in his career and he's a pretty good dad and, you know, he thinks he's pretty good and he projects a different aura and women may be flirting with him in a way that they never did, which may be changing his vision of what he could, uh, you know know, obtain in in the dating marketplace. This is real. So anyhow, if you are a person who went through any of these transitions and your self-esteem really dramatically changed, you got to think about whether it's fair that you expect that your partner would completely change from who they were if that person is what you actually chose and this conceptualization that you may have chosen somebody that actually wasn't that great in certain ways that you um, value because you didn't think you deserved something that great because you weren't that great and in fact you then were more comfortable with somebody who you could predict at least how they would act in a certain way or somebody that you could outthink in a certain way, or or be better than, or lead, or whatever the case may be. It's a different way to think about it, so that you do not end up racked with, you know, uh, resentment, which is never a good space in to which <laughs> to add like potential divorce. You know, I mean, if you're going to divorce somebody, and I spoke to, with uh, somebody about this the other day. I feel like it was a few clients possibly, but probably people should know, don't divorce when you're very, very angry. It's like a bad time. The time to know when to divorce is when you just feel kind of sad that it didn't work out. If there is like massive, horrible anger, I mean, obviously not in a situation where you're being abused or something terrible happened, but if it's just like you like when is a better time to divorce would be when you with individual therapy have worked out your tremendous anger and you've gotten to a place of acceptance and sadness maybe and and mourning but acceptance that the relationship just kind of went how it went and it was their fault and it was your fault in equal measure and it was also nobody's fault and it just was how it was because the two of you together you and your uh potential ex-spouse you just um you, you came upon one another in a time where neither of you knew how to act differently and in more healthy ways. And getting to a place of acceptance is a lot easier, whether or not you continue with your relationship, if you understand your part in creating the problem, which is what I'm trying to help you understand here. All right, guys. So hopefully that was uh, interesting, gave you some food for thought. Please do subscribe because I'm sure that a, a subscriber episode will be in the next few. And I will talk to everybody soon. Bye-bye.